So welcome to another interview. It's been a little while since I've done one of these and I saw some great designs coming out of the IEEE Chipathon. Uh, so I reached out to Jorge and he very kindly uh, accepted my invitation for an interview and we're going to hear about his project today. So um, welcome Jorge, how are you doing? Hello Matt, I'm doing fine with you? Yeah, I'm good. So you're based Hi. in Chile, right? Yes, we're uh, here in Valparaíso. Chile, yeah. So, uh, seaside uh, city. Did, yeah, me too, in Valencia. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to take a boat ride one day. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you want to. Yeah. Um, no, I'd, it's a country I'd love to visit someday. So, I'll, I'll take you up. I'll take you up one of these days. Great, great. Um, <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm a I'm, um, um, postdoc researcher here at uh, AC3E Center in Valparaiso. Um, previously, I was living in, <clears throat> in Belgium uh, for quite some time, around 10 years. And um, I did my PhD there. Uh, and I had brief uh, uh, industry experience. And I was working in uh, chip design, uh, in focused on mixed signal uh, chips, uh, basically, uh, mainly uh, sensor interfaces. So, um, yeah, I was looking for opportunities here in Chile, as you may know, uh, in our countries, since we're so far from the places where these things are produced and uh, were invented, these technologies, it's hard to, to find jobs. There's no industry here yet. So, uh, but yeah, this uh, I found this postdoc position. I had a good... Uh, Match with a, uh, with a professor here, with Christian Rojas, and he, we've been working together in this project. He's from the power electronics um, side, so we are trying to merge these two visions, the uh, microelectronics and power uh, electronics. So you have plenty of um, chip design experience already? Well, I did my PhD and then I was briefly working in uh, an industry. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a lot of experience, but yeah, I've done some chips and uh, yeah. we managed to, to, to publish them. And, yeah. and was that always using proprietary tools before this? Uh, yes. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned in the intro, I saw a post from you. I mean, I was I was following the IEEE Chipathon. I think this is the second time they've run it, yeah, um, and I was kind of time. lurking in the Slack channel, and I did a, a like a presentation mm -hmm. early on about the work that I've done with um, my multi-project stuff and the, the tiny tape out stuff. Yeah. And I saw your design um, being featured on LinkedIn, uh, which was for a, a DC to DC converter, and it looks really interesting. Um, I really like uh, finding out more about mixed signal style and analog style projects. So I was really happy that you accepted my <laughs> offer of an interview. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about your experience with the IEEE Chipathon. Give us a little bit of an overview of what that is. And then um, yeah. maybe we can uh, talk about uh, your design. Yeah, sure. Um, so the Chipathon is an um, international um, what, program competition, I don't know how we can put it, uh, where you can uh, send your your uh, proposal, project proposal for a chip design. Um, this was done around May, I think. 
2022 and uh, um, you get um, your project evaluated and then uh, there were 50 projects I think and half of them were selected for, for the program and then you get into this uh, yeah, mentoring program which is really cool uh, mm-hmm. you have weekly meetings uh, with, um, with uh, the, the people who organize this and with other uh, yeah, assistants, let's say. So, so uh, the, the main um, researchers who are um, wor- working here is uh, are, um, Boris Murman and uh, I think Mary Saligana. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I've already, I've um, had a chat with Metti already and I'm actually cool. due to talk with Boris in the next week. Ah, and uh, just in case people uh, didn't know who's watching the video, Boris recently released a free a, a book that he published, I think it was maybe five or 10 years ago. And the, the uh, it's no longer in publication. He's very kindly uh, released that into the public domain now. So if you're into want to learn more about analog stuff, then check out that uh, book. I'll put a link down in the uh, description of the video after this. Yeah, no, it's it's great. They're sharing really a lot of uh, open uh, material and resources. So um, yeah, one of the, of the instances is this Chicathon. And then uh, yeah, while you go into this uh, mentoring program, of course, you need to start designing your your chip. Um, and then uh, there's a tape out uh, hard deadline. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and they go for they. Uh, so the IEEE pay for a chipping yeah, slot yeah, exactly. for a for a bunch of people, don't they? So the, you're guaranteed once you're selected into the program. Yeah, I really like that because it's um, it's a great way of kind of making sure that we see like uh, high quality, well documented, tested uh, designs coming through that we can all benefit from. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely a very interesting way of, of getting more building blocks into the open source community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, the, the criteria to to be selected is to have your tape out done. So <laughs> you, that's a very uh, objective way of knowing that a design is uh, yeah you can fabricate it and you pass all the pain in the tape out yeah. phase. After yeah. the so did you tape out on the 5th of December that the uh, Chip Ignite Q, yeah. Q3, yes. Q4, 2022? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good. I'm on the same one. Okay. Yeah, I think I saw your, your design too. Yeah. 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 So um, how did you um, how did you find uh, the the way that the project was organized, the, the IEEE Chipathon? Um. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Well, actually, this was a, maybe a bit different to, to other projects in the Chipathon. This was a fully uh, student project. So I was just like coordinating and doing some like um, high level simulations and stuff like this. But there was a lot of student work and I was trying to motivate them all the time to, to go to the mentoring sessions. Of course, they are... Uh, they are students. They, they have classes, and uh, it's hard lives. for them to. Yeah, they have lives too. Yeah, exactly. So um, not all of them could attend, but some of them could see the videos afterwards. And but they were really involved. And uh, if I think about myself at their age, it would have been great to have this this experience, this amount yeah. of knowledge, like like a 
bigger, <laughs> huge break of knowledge in six yeah. months. And having so, access to the tools as well. So that's, that's maybe right. maybe before I forget, um, so we'll we'll uh, we'll um, talk about your design in particular. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just interested to get your feeling because you said uh, in the intro you're living in Chile. It's like it's far away from the kind of center of innovation and where where the chips are actually made. Um, and one of the things I am excited about the open source tools is. I mean, it's easy to say, and it's like a buzzword, but the democratization, the lowering of the barriers to entry. And I think that even even people who are paid, who their job is to design chips, they don't actually get to design what they want to design. They're told what to design uh, because the access to the tools is so expensive. Um, what is your viewpoint on how having access to chip design tools is going to change the landscape in the semiconductor industry in the next five or so years? I understand that's a huge question. Yeah, <laughs> I can humbly try to <laughs> to give an, a, my point of view. Uh, um, well, when I left Chile in 2010 to go to Belgium, uh, there was definitely no way to have access to uh, commercial tools, uh, at least for, for the analog. Um, flow uh, here in Chile. Uh, we had some some licenses from Synopsis because there's a Synopsis office here in Chile. But for the analog tools, I mean the, the commercial standard, it was uh, yeah, it was most possible to, to get these these things. Uh, not to talk about the PDKs uh, and um, yeah, all the knowledge also that you need to to, to do to start doing these yeah. things. So um, that's one part of it, like what you mentioned, the democratization, but then, uh, which is really important, of course. So if it was not, um, if we didn't have this, it would be impossible to start, to try to start some design team here. But uh, also what, what is really relevant is the, um, are the uh, automation capabilities that can be um, enabled with this, uh, with this open open approach, uh, currently with the industrial tools, I think it's really hard. And well, I don't know. Uh, you have to have your own private data center, basically, don't you? What? Sorry, I, I didn't. You have to have your own private data center so that you can run everything like in an isolated. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's not well integrated. I think it's it's hard to to integrate. I, I worked for two or three years in, in, um, in uh, IC design companies. And you can see that the, many of the, uh, like many processes are still very manual, like in analog mm. mostly. Uh, so that's a huge amount of time that you waste uh, doing things. Easy to make mistakes as well. Also, yeah, same, uh, exactly. The, this, um, yeah, you, you can have a lot of issues. Uh, the reusability is really, it's really low. So uh, mm. even if you do the same project, you many times need to start from scratch or similar projects. So I think these two aspects are really relevant. It's going to be a mm. big, big change, I hope. And uh, I think industry will also try to catch up. So that's also good. Um, I like uh, a lot uh, the, uh, what Boris says about the, the way how we uh, uh, circuit designers used to work and how it will be in the future. 
uh, until now it's like really closed. You are uh, in, a, in a basement room, closed, NDA protected. Da da da. Uh, that's very. It's quite terrible to to work like this. It's quite boring. Uh, so this mm. fresh air of open technologies, open PDKs, open uh, tools. It's 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 great to 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 have it. Yeah. Are you? Um, you mentioned you got uh, you're supervising students. Um, are your students excited or do they kind of not really realize uh, the opportunity? Um, I think uh, some of them realize about the opportunity. Um, and uh, yeah, th there has been some, some, there have been some initiatives here in Chile to start some design groups. It has been super hard. Uh, actually, in this university, they used to have some some design courses 15 years ago, and then the professor who was teaching this he left. So that that's the mm. terrible part here. If the person who who brings this leaves, then you are you're done. You you can't continue. And yeah. other universities have also tried to to start this. Uh, some of them with a successful uh, yeah, uh, starting some groups, design groups. Um, but but the knowledge here from the student point of view is really yeah we don't have design courses I see design courses so yeah they can't get the the complete story in their heads but I think some mm. of them uh, they they see the the final the, the point yeah. here and they some of them are super motivated and and uh, I, I I would say much more people that I was expecting actually we. When we started the Chipaton project, we, we sent um, an open call to anyone who wanted to, to join, like no restrictions, um, undergraduate, graduate, uh, whoever wanted to join. I thought there would be a couple of students interested coming, okay, we will try to do a small project, la la la. Then we had 11 students interested. Of course, not, of the, not all of them finished the project, but um, still, I think they all contributed and they all got something from, from it. Mm. So it's, it's great, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what... Um, it's always interesting, like, when, when, you, when a change is coming, there'll be some people that uh, realise it and, like, they're excited about the change, but then there'll be, like, the people that come up after them where they just take it for granted. It won't even be, yeah. it won't even be different. It will just be how it always was. So <laughs> yes. yeah, then those people kind of um, are more freer to innovate because they're not kind of trapped by the existing framework that everyone Close. else is used yeah. to. Yeah. So maybe now is a good time to move on um, and you can show us a little bit about um, the design that you submitted. Okay, great. So I'm going to put your um, screen up, maybe like this. Yeah. You said you didn't want to talk through the slides, and it's probably a good idea to just like hi pick, hi highlight some of the things that you think are most interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. So I just wanted to show a, a picture of the of the team. Of the team, so, yeah. Um, so we had 11 students uh, working on this, uh, plus, yeah, Christian, who's the professor um, with whom I'm working, and myself. Um, and we, we try to also give a, a nice motivation to the project. 
So this is a DC-DC converter, but uh, we're here trying to uh, grab some specs from uh, from CubeSat uh, EPS uh, systems. So CubeSats are this uh, 10 by 10 by 10 uh, centimeter uh, cubes that you can send to space as small satellites. Um, there's some experience here in Chile with these CubeSats, so our final aim uh, would be to to try to to send our chips on, on one of these cubesats. Yeah. Um, of course, it's a double risk. <laughs> like uh, the, uh, develop, uh, developing a chip is huge risk. Doing it, doing a cubesat is the same, and then putting them together is like <laughs> you multiply, <laughs> multiply. the, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the <laughs> probability of this too. So, but yeah, it's uh, something that is quite new so so we, we are trying to to go on that on that uh, path uh, so yeah. basically we, we we started focusing on the can you imagine telling yourself as a, a child <laughs> like in the future you'll be designing chips that go into satellites you <laughs> believe it no no definitely it's uh, not, not something that we commonly do here no. in Chile. <laughs> so, um so yeah we, or anywhere else yeah yeah that's true um, so a bit about, about the system, uh, the full system uh, includes the photovoltaic cells uh, conversion to a DC bus and then from this, well, uh, batteries connected to the DC bus and then from this bus we have uh, outputs to 3.3 and 1.8. Uh, we initially focused on this part of the, of the EPS. But then we realized that um, that the high voltages in the PV cells were incompatible with the basic uh, topologies that we wanted to to try. We didn't want to go into yeah, difficult uh, topologies that we didn't understand. So we tried the most basic, and that's why we we moved to this to this side of the of the EPS. So between the DC bus and the lower voltages. Um we we were uh we, we well when we tried to 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 start designing we we were trying to find any a starting point and we found a really good one uh which is uh Weston Brown's uh project yeah i don't know if you yeah. have um I've seen he's on the list to interview we've tried to do it at the hackaday supercon but it was uh, too busy okay okay yeah i can imagine he's i think he's doing his phd so, um, but he has a very, very nice uh, DC-DC design, uh, open open blocks. Uh, it includes also, well, actually I have, I have here his, his slides. You have the, the GitHub, which has a lot of information. And then, uh, yeah, you have um, you have the chip, which, which includes the control circuitry, well, of course, debugging and the, and the power circuitry. We focused on the power circuitry and we, we took uh, some of yeah, part of his design as a, as an input for the um, for our design. Actually, we we used his uh, switches, the switches he designed. Uh, we, we included them in our in our system. So, but we tried to to move a step forward, of course, uh, and we focus on this three level uh, line capacitor converter. We have a schematic of this here. So, it has three main blocks, we could say. So we have the, the switches, right? 
which have a um, with uh, which um, toggle and uh, move the the connections of the capacitor uh, in different ways, uh, and then we have the flying capacitor, okay, which we decided to to do as an integrated capacitor, which is something that uh, I think outside of this chip atom would be impossible to to try because it's a huge area. And then uh, we have the gate drivers, uh, which um, condition and uh, manage the currents that are needed in the gates of the switches. Uh, this is what we integrated on chips. So we have uh, that this as one of the cores, and then we have two of these cores which are interlinked, uh, operating in an interlinked way. Um, so on the right side, you can see the, the chip. The, the final GDS that we submitted. Uh, yeah, maybe you can um, uh, zoom into that image a bit so we yeah. can see it a bit better. Yeah, so this is the, um, the layout of our chip. Um, you can see that the, the active area is quite, yeah, quite small. Okay, and you're it's using um, Caravan here, I take it? Yeah, it's a Caravan. You can see because... If you're not, if people aren't familiar, we've got two ways of applying for the um, the shuttles, Caravel and Caravan. And Caravan is like more for analog, and it's missing the top row of IOs. So if you want to, it's if you want to get kind of completely uninterrupted access to your design, you can put whatever you want up up the top there, don't you? So I can see you've got a couple of weird looking pads up there. Yeah, actually, we we had to hack a bit this uh, <laughs> this whole thing because we we wanted to. We are targeting uh, here three hundred uh, milliampere currents per core, so it's total six hundred milliamperes. Uh, and the, yeah, the caravan is not designed for this uh, level, current levels. So um, yeah, we have a, a low current. Operation mode, which uh, works through the um, through the normal pads, which, as, as you said, they are they don't have ESD, so uh, it's basically a piece of metal connected uh, to the user user area, um, and then we have some also some extra pads in the user area uh, that can be bonded uh, externally to to the package mm -hmm. or to a PCB. Um, so the active area includes, uh, it's a mirrored here. So on the left side, you can see the four switches. Uh, the, the gate drivers are too small, so you can't really see them. Um, and then this is the right side is for the second core. Um, this huge rectangle here, as I mentioned before, is the, is that is the, the capacitor. Cap. Yeah, that's the yeah. fine cap. So it's uh, two min cups stacked. So the metal four, metal three and metal four min cups. You have this option in Skywater, mm -hmm. hundred thirty nanotechnology. Um, uh, still with these two two cups, the the density was quite uh, low compared to what we needed for for the operating frequencies of this of this uh, uh, converter. I guess that's one reason why people like high frequency converters so that the caps can be smaller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you can scale, you can uh, gain in area. But actually, the, the designs that we reviewed in literature, most of them have off chip flying caps. Yeah. yeah. And actually, we left here this 
these um, these two paths, which can uh, which allow to connect off chip uh, yeah, some discrete some uh, yeah discrete component uh, capacitor in parallel to this. So will you get um, bare dies back then as part of the yeah. chipathon? Yeah. Okay. That's, so that's, then you can wire bond out some extra caps if you need to. Yeah. That's uh, an extra problem we're getting, in, but, but we're figuring it out, uh, how to do it and who can help us with this. Okay. Yeah, I've got some wire bonding contacts. I'd be happy to introduce you. Ah, okay. That's great. Great to know. And the um, structures uh, lower down the net, are they all inductors? Yeah, we have some inductors here because we actually we designed this or we tried to design this to, to share the Caron because mm -hmm. that's also part of the aims of the objectives in the Chipathon to, to be able to to, um, to work uh, with other teams and to integrate um, as many designs, designs as possible inside the user area. But uh, after a while, we realized that uh, due to pin limitations, it was very difficult to share with other teams. Mm -hmm. So this uh, lower area was supposed to to be used by another project, but then we decided to get some inductors uh, so mainly for characterization, because yeah, they're still a bit low for what we would need if we wanted to use them here. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, just to have an evaluation of, of what what we have, because yeah. uh, I think there are some 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 this uh, some tapeouts with uh, inductors in the in the Skywater hundred thirty. Um, MPWs, but um, we couldn't find data or like actual no, measurements. Yeah, it's still early in the day for data. Mm -hmm. um, how did you hand draw the inductors, or did you have a computer program generate them for you? No, we used. Uh, oh God, I forgot the the name of the software, but yeah, we used. Uh, ta -ta -ta, I forgot the name, but yeah, we used one of these uh, tools that can generate the. Okay, that's interesting. I was yeah. under the impression that they didn't exist yet for inductors. Maybe um, you can send me a you can when you remember it, you yeah. can send me a link and I'll put it I in will. the description of the video. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. Um, it's an open source tool uh, and mm -hmm. uh, it works quite well. Um, so one of our students was focusing on these and he could generate different versions. Uh, he was uh, checking the. Um, the, capa the well the capacitor uh, sorry the inductance estimation that the tool does with the manual um, calculations there was some sort of matching so we uh, we, we tried to move like this we we didn't go too deep in this in this part because uh, yeah we didn't have time it was really at the last part okay. of the, of the yeah. design yeah so some of them look like they're not connected so i guess that's true you're just going to uh, wafer probe them and test them on the die yeah yeah so we have yeah. some some of them connected to the pins but uh, mm -hmm. yeah most of them are have their own paths and uh, there are some also some structures to de-embed the parasitics so mm. nice looking logos too <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> also part of the final yeah, final tasks we, we could complete. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to show us from your deck? Uh, yeah, we have. We also had some simulations, um, mm -hmm. efficiency simulations. 
So we switched the so the, the output current and we could get uh, yeah evaluate the input and output power and from this get the efficiency and uh, yeah we can see that we get uh, the expected curves from for these kind of systems and we have this evaluation for the for the one megahertz version of the of the of the testing well the one megahertz test, testing mode which includes the, the off-chip capacitors and the 10 megahertz version, which is fully on-chip, so no off-chip capacitors. Okay. Nice. And then we have also the dual-core efficiency, uh, and it's nice because we can see that, yeah, we, we reach over 90% now. Um, also, as, as Weston noted in, he, in his um, measurements, uh, this will not be uh, the case probably because we have a lot of other um, parasitics uh, and serious resistances that we're not considering in our ideal simulations. So, but, but yeah, at least we can see that, that uh, we have the possibility of going around 90 maybe here with dual core. That's what yeah, I would nice. expect. Yeah. Mm. Um kind of side question um and maybe you don't know the answer because we're talking about the uh the right hand side of that system diagram you drew but on the left hand side where you're converting from the solar cells to the dc bus um is the cubesat spinning so is like do you get like these quick um pulses in energy from all mm. three axes or are they slow like did yeah. the DC converters need to be especially responsive? Mm, Sounds that's, like quite an interesting. That's trigger. a good question, yeah, actually, because yeah, you have <clears throat> also the CubeSat technology is um, evolving quickly. So uh, I think currently there is a way of stabilizing the the satellites, these small satellites. Yeah. So they have thrusters and all micro thrusters and these kind of things. But, and the little uh, spinning, what do they call them? Uh, uh, something yeah, wheels. Uh, wheel, yeah, spinning. I think. There's a, there's a good name for them. I've forgotten. People build like these cool balancing robots that use them. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you have make some mechanisms to 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 do stabilization, but many of these satellites are just like very <laughs> very fire and forget. Basic, yeah, very, yeah, very dumb. So uh, in that case, I think yeah, you would have this this mm. behavior. This, uh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, Let's uh, go back to this view. Um, maybe uh, you can tell us, so we've got like a wait now for Chip Ignite to um, run through Skywater, get packaged and then be sent out to us. Um, what, do you, what do you have in mind and what are your plans for bring up and testing? So yes, that's what we're trying to, um, to define now. We, are, we have some students who are focused on the testing part they're designing PCBs. Um, also, yeah. and I noticed that your system is driven by an FPGA, so I guess you need that yeah. kind of that system built. Yeah, exactly. So we we need a, a main board uh, which can um, get the the the, to, um, the boards with the chip uh, connected, and also external yeah, instruments and FPGA. Uh, the first test, I think, it will be fully open loop. So we just Triggering some, uh, sending some some triggers, some signals, some uh, gate signals, and 
trying to save these matches with our simulations. Uh, and then we were like single cycle transients kind of thing. Yeah, match it up with this device. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so we have some some system simulations where we can get the yeah for, for the conditions that we're applying, we can get the and for the output that we want to provide the voltage and for a mm-hmm. load current. We get the the duty cycles and all these kind of things and then we can just code this very dumbly in the in the as, as input uh, digital yeah. inputs, uh, and then we will move to um, uh, hopefully to a closed loop uh, version with an external control um, system. But for that, we need to figure out some things because so we need to measure voltages, we need to buffer, and we need to try to uh, yeah, not um, affect the system with our mm. <laughs> measurements, right? So. So you'd need to add like an external A to D. Okay. So maybe that's like, um, if you do this again in the future or do like the next revision, then that, that could be that A to D in the control loop could then end up being integrated. Exactly. Yeah. A to D or, or, or an analog loop, um, that could also be an option like, um, uh, Western did. Um, okay. yeah. So also now yeah, we, we wanted to explore this high voltage, let's say 20 volt to 10 volt or 5 volt conversion. Mm-hmm. So we can also try to, to, to do this part, right? So uh, look for topologies that allow flying uh, or yeah, bootstrapping um, structures, there are capacitors that can charge the, the, the gates at these voltages without risking mm-hmm. the... Um, to, to break down the, the oxides. So uh, that would be also an, an, a nice um, uh, next step to follow. Uh, and also, yeah, try other topologies. We are working in a power electronics group, uh, discrete power electronics. So you have these huge racks full of stuff, but they, they have a lot of different uh, yeah, uh, topologies and different applications. So. We're trying to translate this uh, power electronics language into the microelectronics world to see what what makes sense and what what could be a, a um, contribution. Great, really fascinating project. Thanks for taking the time to explain to us Great. Uh, the process and what your design, what you came up with. If people are interested to get in touch with you to find out more or to uh, follow your work on this, what's the best way people can get in touch with you? Uh, well, I, I use LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. I can also share my my email. Do you also say LinkedIn? LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn. Yeah. Aquí, aquí en España decimos LinkedIn. <laughs> in Chile, you would say something like LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn. <laughs> well, we, we okay. even pronounce less uh, letters than. Uh, I think our accent is more similar to the Sevilla accent. Okay. So it's really yeah. like no uh, consonants uh, <laughs> so <laughs> just vowels um, I can also share my, my email um, hmm. it's Jorge dot maybe don't share yeah. your email otherwise you'll get too much spam but in, in the okay. description of the video we'll put a link to your oh, okay, LinkedIn okay. profile LinkedIn and also uh, GitHub and yeah. yes. it's easy to find hmm. cool okay 
Well, thanks very much again for your time, Jorge. Okay. Really cool to talk to you and a great project. Looking forward to um, reading the results when you publish them. Great, great. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.